0: And so to begin this lesson, I need to tell you about uh, a friend of mine, a good friend, a friend that made a mistake, and that mistake's going to cause them to have to be a prisoner the rest of their life, and uh, that's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate thing to, to uh, have a friend that makes that kind of decision uh, that puts them in that position to have to live in prison uh, but that's what they did and you know normally i would not tell you their name because we you know we want to protect those that, that we tell these stories about in the assembly and but today i think it's important that i tell you their name because it was a mistake that's caused them to be a prisoner a mistake that You know, couldn't have been avoided. They couldn't help it. Whether you believe that or not. You know who that is? That's you, my friend. You're that person. You did that. Romans 6 and 23 says the wages of sin is death. You've committed sin, you committed the crime, and you're going to be a prisoner. For the rest of your life, you're going to be a prisoner. Now, we don't like to think about that, do we? We don't like to think about being a prisoner. It's no fun. In this country, we value freedom above anything else. We value our freedom. Wars have been fought for freedom. Lives have been lost for freedom so that we can live freely, so that we can do what we want to do and make the decisions we want to make and not have somebody else tell us what to do or tell us how to think. But you're not really free. You're not really free. But you do have a choice of the kind of prisoner you want to be. You see, you can choose to be a prisoner that's going to inherit that death. The wages of sin is death. You committed the crime, so you can pay with death. The second part of that verse says the gift of God is eternal life. But you're the prisoner of Christ if you choose to take that gift. The Apostle Paul referred to himself five different times as a prisoner of Christ or as a prisoner of the Lord. You see, Paul realized he was a prisoner too. Paul was really a prisoner. Paul spent a lot of his time, a lot of his ministry as a prisoner, either behind bars or on house arrest. He was a prisoner. But when Paul makes this statement and says in Ephesians 3 and 1, For this cause I Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. What does he really mean? He says this again in Ephesians 4 and verse 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you have been called. So what does it mean to be a prisoner of the Lord? You're a prisoner today. We don't like to think about that. You know, if you were to go and, and do a, an internet search for either being a prisoner of the Lord or having freedom in Christ, what do you think you're going to find more results for? You're going to find tons of results for freedom in Christ. And certainly, Christ provides us freedom. What does He provide us freedom from? He provides us freedom from sin. You see, you're going to choose to be a prisoner, one or the other. Joseph was a prisoner. Joseph was taken and cast into the deepest, darkest dungeon in Egypt, and he lived as a prisoner there. And that wasn't very much fun. But after about a time, he was lifted up, and he was set at the right hand of Pharaoh, the king. He was still a prisoner, but he ate the best food, and he had the best wine, and he had the best everything you can imagine. At the right hand of the king. He was still his prisoner. Couldn't leave. you got that choice to make today. You do get to make the choice of whose prisoner you're going to be. Are you going to be a prisoner of the Lord? Or are you going to be a prisoner of sin and of the world? I had a conversation with, with Brother Mark Parkhurst not long ago. And he made this statement to me. We were talking about why people leave the church. Why do people leave the church? You know, you heard Brother Tom say when he was here a couple weeks ago that 70% or some number like that, 70% of people come to church because of somebody else in the assembly. Somebody invites them. Somebody does a good deed for them. Somebody studies with them. Somebody helps them. They're there. They come to church because of one of you. Somebody in the assembly. But do they stay linked to you? Or do we get them chained up to Jesus? And that's really what needs to happen, isn't it? They need to become the prisoner of Jesus or they're going to leave the church. If you're you're here, you're linked to somebody else here, whether it's me or whether it's anybody else, we are people, we are human, we will disappoint you. (laughs) We'll disappoint you at some point in time. And that's the sad fact. Jesus won't ever disappoint you. Never you got to chain yourself to Him. Whose prisoner are you this morning? You're the prisoner of the world? Are you a prisoner of your circumstances? I've heard people say that to me. I can't get out of this. I'm a prisoner of my circumstances. I grew up in a bad home. I was abused. This happened or that happened. Those are all terrible, bad things. And it makes things difficult. But you don't have to be a prisoner of those circumstances. you got to be a prisoner of something. Choose to be a prisoner of Jesus. Romans 6 and verse 16 says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Some translations use the word slaves instead of servants here. You're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to righteousness. You're either the prisoner of sin or the prisoner of righteousness. Whose prisoner are you going to be? Whose prisoner are you going to be? I want to think about this morning for just a little bit what it means to be a prisoner. What does it mean to be a prisoner? There's a few things that happen when you become a prisoner. First thing is that you relinquish your freedom. That freedom's gone. You're not free to choose when you eat, when you go to bed, or when you work. Or when you do nothing, you don't get to choose those things. Somebody tells you, you go do this. Somebody sets food in front of you, you eat it or you don't eat it. But you don't get to say, I don't like this, I want to try something else. That's gone. Those freedoms are gone. When you're a prisoner of Christ or you're a prisoner of the world, you're not choosing those things either. You're relinquishing your freedom. Peter says it like this in 1 Peter 2 and verse 16 as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness but as the servants of God. The word freedom he's using there is freedom from sin. You're either a slave of sin or a slave of righteousness. If you're the slave of righteousness then don't use that liberty for a cloak of maliciousness. Be the servant of God. Serve Him with your whole heart. You're not free to just go about and do whatever you want to do. You've got to make some decisions that you're going to live for Jesus. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13 it says, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. Don't use your freedom as as a, a, a reason to go and sin. He says in Romans chapter 6, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. That's what he's saying here in Galatians 5. Just because we have the gift of Jesus doesn't mean we can say, Oh, I'm, I'm free from sin, so I can do whatever I want to do. No. You're a slave to righteousness. A prisoner of God. A prisoner of righteousness. You have to live that way. The prisoner doesn't get to choose what they want to do. They choose what they're told to do. They do what they're told to do. John 8 and verse 34, Jesus answered him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. You live by sin. You choose sin. You're the prisoner of sin. The servant of sin. You live by the flesh, you do the things of the flesh, you're a prisoner of the flesh. You live by righteousness, you do the things Jesus says to do, then you're a prisoner of Christ. That's the prisoner you need to be, the prisoner of Christ, doing what he says to do. You think about prisoners, another thing that they do is they keep company with other prisoners. They're just around other prisoners all the time. I asked the, the boys the other day, what's some things you think about when you think of prisoners? This is one of the things they said. They said they can't trust anybody when they're in prison because they're all bad people. They're all doing something bad to one another all the time. They can't trust one another because that's who they're around all the time. They're around other prisoners. Who are you around all the time? Who do you get company with all the time? Are you a prisoner of the world? You're a prisoner of Christ. What's in your home? What's in your office? What are you surrounding yourself with? Godly things or worldly things? Whose prisoner are you this morning? Romans chapter 12 and verse 10 says, Be kindly affectioned one to another with blood love and honor, preferring one another. In Acts 2 and verse 44 it says, And all that believe were together and had all things common. They were together. They took the opportunity to gather together to be around one another to associate with other prisoners in Christ. Are you around other prisoners in Christ? Are you around other prisoners of the world? 1 Corinthians 15 and 33, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. If you're around the world, if you immerse yourself with other prisoners of the world, that's what you're going to become. That's what you're going to act like. That's who you're going to be. When you're a prisoner, you have a very designated living area. You can't get outside the walls of the prison. You're there. You have a cell that you live in and you sleep in, and then sometimes you get to leave that cell and maybe go eat in a more of a a communal area, or maybe you get to go outside and, and work out and exercise a little, but there's still a big fence with barbed wire at the top that you're not getting out of. There's a designated living area. And you're there. What about your designated living area? Do you put up some walls, some boundaries? And do you say to yourself, these are lines I can't cross? These are things I can't do? And when I'm in here, these are the things that I do? 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When we're in Christ, things are different. We live differently. We have a confined living area, if you will. There's a space in which we live and operate and we do the things that Christ has told us to do, that He's called us to do. And we avoid all that thing, all those things on the peripheral that we need to, to stay away from because we're servants or slave, or prisoner of righteousness. Romans 8 and verse 9 says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. If you get outside of the boundaries, if you get outside of the confines of being in Christ, you're not his anymore. You're not his prisoner. You've escaped from Christ, and he's put you away. Live for Jesus. Be the prisoner of Jesus. In Romans 8 and 5 it says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. That's the confines of the living area. If you are a prisoner of the, of the world, a prisoner of sin, a prisoner of the flesh, then you do the things of the flesh. And that's how you operate. You satisfy the flesh. You live to satisfy the flesh. Is that how you live? Is that how you operate this morning? To satisfy the flesh? Is it about me and my wants and my desires? Or is it about the Spirit? They that live after the Spirit, mind the things of the Spirit. That's the—that's their living area. That's the confines of their space. To mind the things of the Spirit. To live according to the Spirit. To Feed the Spirit. You know, the last thing we'll look at is that you can't leave when you're a prisoner. You can't leave. Sure, people have escaped prison. <laughs> they've plotted, they've figured out a way, and they've escaped. But you know, somebody usually chases them down. When you become a prisoner of Jesus... You're not walking out of the church. I can offend you. I can say something that's terrible to you. And if you're chained to Jesus, you're not leaving the church. Doesn't matter what I say. Doesn't matter what I do. You're not going to leave the church because of me or anybody else here. Because you're chained to Jesus. You're a prisoner of the Lord. You're not going to walk out for that reason. If you're a prisoner of the world, it's going to take an awful lot to draw you out of that, to bring you home because you've chained yourself to the world. Now think about those old chain gangs I see in the old movies. And they would chain people one to another. A lot of times it seems like they'd be working on the railroad tracks or something. They'd have those prisoners in the old West just chained to one another. You know, sometimes they'd pick up that ball and they'd all try to run off together. It's hard to do. They were chained to somebody else.
1: But when they was chained up
0: to the warden, they didn't run off then. They was chained up to the warden. They couldn't get away. Sometimes the policemen will handcuff the prisoner to themselves so they don't escape, so they don't get away. It's what you need to do to Jesus. You handcuff yourself to Jesus. You chain yourself to Jesus. You make sure that Jesus is in your life in every part of your life. Everywhere you go, you're seeing Jesus and you're minding the things of the Spirit. It doesn't matter if you go home, you're listening to spiritual songs and you're thinking about spiritual things. It doesn't matter if you're in the car on your way to work. You're meditating on things that are spiritual and thinking about things that are spiritual. When you're at work, You're behaving in such a way that you're you're being godly. You're dealing with with other people in in an upright manner, in a spiritual way, everything that you do, every second of your life, because you're chained to Jesus. But if you're a prisoner of the world, it's just the opposite. You get home and you fill your mind with things of the world things of the flesh easy to do turn on the TV and here it comes the floods of the flesh just pouring in and covering you up you have extra time and you go out and things you you see things of the flesh and you fill up your mind and your heart you go to work and you got to get ahead so you cheat your neighbor you cheat your friend you make sure that you're getting ahead and that you have the upper hand and that and that you Have power over them. That's all prisoner of the world stuff. That's what we consider normal, unfortunately. We're free to choose, aren't we? Free country. If I want to cheat to get ahead, I can. Free country. If I want to talk down to you like that, I can. Free country, whatever I want to do. Right? It's not what Jesus said. Not how Jesus wants us to live. Galatians 5 and verse 1 says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty, wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. To the Galatians, he's writing here about the old law. He said, don't leave Christ to go back to the old law and try to worship in that way. He said, that's the yoke of bondage. To you and I today, this applies in such a way as don't go back to the world and try to be fulfilled by the world. Stay in Christ. He's made you free from that sin. Yeah, there's a yoke. And He says that. Christ says that. Take on my yoke. But He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Yes, there's a cross to bear. Yes, there's a yoke. Yes, you're going to be in prison. But guess what? You're at the right hand of the King. When you're the prisoner of Christ, you're getting the very best at the right hand of the king. You got to be a prisoner. Don't go to the lowest dungeon and cell at the right hand of the king. Be the king's prisoner. First Corinthians 9 and verse 20 says and says for after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ they are again entangled therein and overcome. It's la- the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. You can't leave Christ. Because if you do, look what you're getting. Why would you escape from the right hand of the king? Why would you walk away from him? Why would you leave him? you got the very best. The gift of God is eternal life. Your prison sentence can be very short in comparison to eternity. You can give up some things. You can give up some freedoms to serve the flesh and mind the things of the flesh. You can give that up for a short time and you can receive eternal freedom, the gift of God, eternal life. In Hebrews 6 and verse 4 it says, "...for it's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost." and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again under repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put Him to an open shame. See, the world's just as hard to leave, especially if you've escaped Christ, you've left, you've went back into the world. It's hard to leave the world. Seems like sometimes you just can't leave, and then it's true if you've become a prisoner of the world. You're going to have to break that chain to get away. You're going to have to pick up that old ball and chain, and you're going to have to run as hard as you can away from that. But it's hard. The best thing is stay in Christ. The best thing is sit at the right hand of the king. The best thing is to enjoy the fruits and the benefits of being the prisoner of Christ. Paul didn't say it as if it was a terrible thing. Paul didn't say it as if it was something bad and something he had to endure and something that was a punishment as we think prison is. To Paul, being a prisoner of Christ wasn't punishment at all. It was the greatest blessing of his life. It was the greatest blessing of his life. And if you read the book of Ephesians and the book of Philemon where he's referring to himself in that manner, you see just how great of a blessing Paul thought it was to be the prisoner so as we close, let's compare and contrast just a minute. The prisoner of Christ versus the prisoner of the world. The prisoner of Christ is a servant of righteousness. As we go down through here, you put yourselves on one side or the other. You put yourself in one of these categories or the other. Where do you think you fall? Are you the prisoner of Christ? Are you the prisoner of the world? Do you serve righteousness? Or are you a slave to sin? Which is it? I don't know. I don't know what you do when you leave here and you go through the week. But I know there's a lot more to Christianity than what happens in the hour we're together here. There's a lot more of that. If you're the prisoner of Christ, your whole life is dedicated to serving righteousness. You see somebody needs help, you help them. You see somebody needs the gospel, you give them the gospel. That's the way you live your life. Or, when you see something you want that satisfies the flesh, you grab it. When you see the opportunity to get ahead, you take it. Doesn't matter if it hurts your neighbor. Doesn't matter if you have to betray a friend or family member. It's just what you do. Where do you fit? Prisoners of Christ are around other Christians. They're around Christian things. They fill their mind and their heart with Christian standards and Christian principles. Servants of the world or prisoners of the world. they just around worldliness all the time. That's what they fill their mind with. That's what they fill their heart with. Prisoners of Christ live in Christ. They live in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become as new. Goes back to that righteousness, servant of righteousness. Prisoners of the world, they live according to the flesh. That's how they live their life. Prisoner of Christ would never leave the church. They'd never leave the church. No matter if their friend offends them, they're not leaving the church. Who are you chained to this morning? You chained to the church, you chained to Jesus, you a prisoner of Christ, prisoner of the Lord, or are you a prisoner of the world?